Oh, God is good to us all the time. You guys ready for some word? God has been doing something in us with prayer. You know, you can be more effective when you understand the rules, right? If you tried to play football with baseball rules, how confusing would that be, right? Nobody get anything done. Is that true? But there's, there are things about prayer that we need to learn so we can pray correctly and be effective, right? We don't shove all different kinds of prayer into each of the boxes of prayer. We need to learn the rules that are established by the word of God for each area of prayer. That's why the Bible says pray with all kinds of prayer. There's all different kinds, and we need to use them all and have them at our disposal. Amen? I've got tools for my work truck all over the place, and there are tools in that truck that I can use for jobs they weren't meant for, but it takes much longer, and it's much more difficult than having the correct tool. Is that true? It just doesn't work the same. Amen? So we're learning those tools. God is good. James chapter 5, verse 16. Turn with me, if you will. That's our text. James chapter 5, verse 16. In the, King James, in the New King James, it says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And the Amplified says, the, the earnest, heartfelt, and continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Come on, that's, that's the life we're destined to live, to be praying effective prayers and seeing dynamic power in its working on our behalf. You know, that gives God the glory right? Because people know you couldn't have done it, right? We can't do it in and of ourselves. We're relying on a God that nothing is impossible to him. And yet he has given us the opportunity to partner with him in fulfilling his plan and his will, right? We've asked this question. All of us has asked this question. If God wanted it done, why doesn't he just do it? Because he decided that he was going to use his creation to fulfill his will, right? If he was just going to do do stuff for you, just carte blanche anytime he wanted, whenever he felt like it, just because he wanted it done, he'd get you saved. And your rascal relatives, right? He'd make you be nice to your wife. And he'd make you pay your tithes. <laughs> He's not gonna make you do anything, is he? He's just gonna give us some opportunity to obey him. Is that true? So we've got to partner with him, amen? We gotta yield. That means in the subject of prayer, we need to find out what are, these, what are the rules and the principles that he's established in prayer so that we can be effective and effectual with power dynamic in its working in our lives. True, right? It's good news. That's good news. That means there's a tool for us to find. And he's, we're opening up the toolbox and going, so that's what that's for. Great, let's use that. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 5. Verse 18, the latter part of 18 says, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We said this in the weeks past that our, our petitioning of the Lord, our requests made before the Lord should make up 5% or less of our prayer time before the Lord. Now that'll rock your world if, if most of your prayer time is, Lord, please do this and please do this and please do this. Really, we come before the Lord in faith and we just present our requests like he said and then just trust that he heard, us, he heard us and that it's working. And the majority of our time we spend in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart before the Lord. Why? Because he's a good God. And he, he hears and answers prayer. And what you have prayed for in faith is working on your behalf. That's why he asked us to do that. You know, you have a much better day when you're just like, Lord, you're so good. When you're not focused on the, the stuff, Right? 
the job's not going right, the car's not running right. The, when, you, when you pull your head and mind off of that and start focusing on God, you're so good. Man, I just worship you. Your days go better. And people look at you and go, what is a matter? I know what's going on in your life. Why are you so happy? That is a testimony to our creator. Amen? We're called to be this. We saw this in Mark chapter 11, that there are things that we are not supposed to pray about. We don't pray about everything. You know that? There's some things he told us to do. When a mountain shows up, a problem, a situation, something shows up in our lives, a storm, Jesus didn't step out into the bow of the boat and say, God, there's a storm here. Need some help. What did our Savior do? He spoke to the storm. Peace, be still. In our day and age, knock it off. Works just as good. Speak to it, right? Speak into the mountain. You got a mountain in your life, right, that's causing a problem. Speak to it. Tell it to get out of the way. What are those problems? Come on, sometimes it's lack. Sometimes it's health. Sometimes it's relationships that are causing problems, hindrances, the enemy's trying to pit you against one another. Come on now, we don't wrestle against people. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities and powers. We don't pray about them. We talk to them. We tell them what to do. We have the authority. We're learning this stuff, right? Stop praying about what the devil's doing in your life and tell the devil to stop in Jesus' name. You have authority over you and your house in your place. There's some things we don't even pray about. We just speak to them because God told us to. We can't get God to do something for us. He's told us to do something about. Can't flip it back on him, right? Can't do it. Doesn't work. We got to do something, amen? Besides that, he's given us all things. Second Peter 1, verse 2, verse 3 says, his power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Think about that one verse right there. His power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What does that leave out? See, we're trying so hard. Lord, help me, help me get this. Help me, why, why haven't you done this for me? His word says he's given it to us. It's available. We have to partner with him. That means we gotta learn how to access it. Lord, how do I get, how do I get access to what you've already provided in Christ Jesus' finished work 2,000 years ago was a finished work. He provided salvation, forgiveness of sins. He provided us a life and a life more abundantly. He's given us all things that pertain to godliness and life. He's given them to us. So if they're available and we're not experiencing them, why are we asking God for them? They're stored up. They're ready. They're available. We learn how to access them by faith. By faith. It, see, it changes the whole way you pray. If that's already available to me and God said it in his word, Jesus' finished work is, is a done deal. Then why am I begging for it? It's done. I shouldn't be. I should be thanking him for it. Lord, show me how to access that. I believe that's already available to me. Show me how, where to be. Show me where to be at the right place at the right time so I can access what you've already made provision for me. See, we wanna do our own thing sometimes. We wanna be on our own track and our own path, doing our own thing. God, why aren't you blessing me? Your blessing's over there where his will is, where his plan is for your life. If you will make the change and say, okay, Lord, I'm submitted to you. Oh, guess what? Every station, 
on the track is full of blessing and provision and help. And See, we're learning these things so we can be in the right place at the right time over and over again. You see this? This is not God holding out on us. But if we're on the wrong road, all your stops are at the wrong places. God will help us. He's gracious and merciful. He's, he's, anybody eat this morning, right? You, you found some clothes to put on, I see. Thank you very much for that, right? You got some stuff in your hair. You had a shower of some sort. Thank you for that again, right? Well, God is providing for us. He's helping us. He's, right? But there are times in our lives where we're still doing our own thing. We're still on our own path. And he's like, if you would just take this exit and get over to the road I need you to be on, you would be astonished at what's available to you over there. Part of our mission as a church is to help people get from where they are to where God wants them to be. And we're all in that boat in one way, shape, or form. We're in a place where we're not quite exactly where God wants us to be, or we're in transition. We're learning to follow him, listen by our spirit, and get to where he wants us to be. And when you get there, you just get run over with the goodness of God. I'm experiencing this in my life right now. The goodness of God. Everywhere I turn, I'm just so grateful. And it's an attitude of gratitude, and I'm seeing it more than I've ever seen it before. You can experience this too. Come on now, it's good news. This is good news. That means there's a path for you that's destined by God that will just be so good. That doesn't mean you don't go through storms. But you know when you're on the right path, even in the midst of the storm, you know, we're okay because I'm on the right track. This too will blow over. Yeah? And if something comes up on the inside of you and you need to speak to that storm, speak to it. Tell it to get out of the way. Amen? That was a little extra. That's page one. You guys doing okay? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go till halftime or, I mean, I'm gonna go to halftime. I'm probably not gonna go till uh, the end of the, the end of the game. So just everybody buckle up. <laughs> Hang in with me. <laughs> One of the ways I like to illustrate this, and you've heard this analogy before, is right now, where we can't see it, there are radio and television waves in the air. If we pulled up a radio, we'd be able to tune into the right channel, correct? But you can pick up all kinds of channels in the air. Some of them are not for you, right? There are people in your lives talking. There's an enemy out there talking to you, trying to get you to off course, off track, telling you things that aren't true, yeah, about yourself, about your family, about your life, right? There's, there's a radio station you can tune into where it is 24-7 negative. Pessimism 101.4. Don't, don't go there. You can, you can change that station to life radio, right, where God is just ministering. In, but if you're on the wrong channel, you are not hearing him. True? That doesn't mean the radio waves aren't here. That doesn't mean the signal's not available. We're learning to tune in to the right signal. And we can always backstop it right here. If it doesn't agree with this, you, don't, you change the channel. I'm teaching this to my girls. Like, you can't just think about whatever you want to think about. You got to change that channel. You got to think about what the word says about you. You got to think the positive about you. Be the difference maker, amen? Because the world's full of negativity. Our natural self wants to go there. <laughs> we want to go, man, look at all the mess. I mean, the, all of this is going good, yeah, 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 but look at this one thing, <laughs> right? 
because we're like problem solvers and we, you know, we, we uh, title ourselves, we're just thinkers who are trying to problem solve. Come on now, just let God work on that stuff. Let's just focus on what God's doing good. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You guys doing okay? Yeah. Yep, yep. All right. We're looking at a couple of kinds of prayer, the different kinds of prayer. And we can't, this is not an exhaustive subject. We can't get to it all. There's no possible way. But we can cover a few things that I think will help you. Can we do that? Different kinds of prayer. Anybody anybody interested in that? Right? Because we've had one kind of prayer, maybe two our whole lives. But, you know, there's a handful. And it's an arsenal. It's like taking out the weapons. It's good stuff. Amen? So let's look at a few of those. Effective kinds of prayer. First off is one that we're familiar with is the prayer of faith. And we've talked about this quite a bit, the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith is something we pray when the will of God is known. Faith comes by what? It comes by hearing and hearing by the, the word of God. So if you have heard the word of God, then we're learning what the will of God is. Once you know what the will of God is, you can pray the prayer of faith. We cannot pray a prayer of faith unless we know what the will of God is because you can't be in faith unless you've heard the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Do you see that? So if you're gonna pray a prayer of faith, and sometimes we call this, also in this is a prayer of petition where you're asking of the Lord, saying, Lord, according to your will, you've called me blessed, you've called me healed, you've called me whole. According to your word, right? You've given me access to the throne room where I can come before you. See, that's his will is for us to have relationship and fellowship with him. And we see ourselves in the word, then we can pray the prayer of faith because we know what the will of God is. We cannot ever pray a prayer of faith without knowing what the will of God is. I'll give you an example. Um, Lots of times, uh, people that are going through stuff, believers, Christians that are going through stuff and they're believing God, right? They believe in God. They believe that God is their savior and their Lord, the creator of all. Faith in him. But they're going through a situation where they're like, God, I need, I need something to change. I need help. What's going on? And if you ask them, they would say, yes, I'm in faith. I believe. But when you ask them, when you get down to the situation of it, what they're dealing with, you're saying, what does the word say about the situation? And they have no idea. They have no idea. Healing in their bodies, provision, protection. They have no idea. But they're in faith. You cannot be in faith unless you know what the will of God is. If we ever pray, Lord, if it be thy will, then we, are already, we have already missed the mark in the prayer of faith. There's only one place we pray, if it be that will. And that's when we're asking the Lord or, or consecrating our lives to the Lord for his will for our life. Lord, whatever you would have me do, according to your will, I will do it. The rest of it, we leave behind. We don't pray, if it be thy will. The prayer of faith cannot have the word if in it. The prayer of faith knows what God said, believes what his word says, and then prays a prayer of faith and things get done. Prayer of faith. You guys with me? Don't have enough time to go all the way through this again, but that's prayer of faith. So the prayer of consecration I just mentioned, that prayer of dedication where you come before the Lord. And uh, we see the prayer of faith in Mark chapter 11. We see this prayer of consecration in Luke 22 where you just dedicate yourself to the Lord. You commit yourself wholeheartedly, whatever it is that you want me to do, Lord. If it's your will, I'm doing it. If it's your will, I'm doing it. You see the difference? Lord, help me, help me do this, fix this, if it be your will. Totally missed it. Lord, I will do anything you ask me to do according to your will. It's different, isn't it? 
We've got to be careful with that. Prayer of consecration. The prayer of commitment is where we cast all our cares. Just like he said, cast all your cares to him. Philippians 4, right? Be anxious for nothing. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Amen? We're casting our cares. We're casting our cares. 1 Peter 5, 7 talks about casting all our cares upon him for he cares for you. Come on now. You have a care, you have a worry, you have something coming up that's bothering you. Cast that to him. Lord, I wasn't built, designed, or created to worry about that. You knew about it before I was born. I'm giving it to you. I'm gonna let you work on it and I'm gonna trust you that things work out for my benefit to your glory because you said you've given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. See the difference? Come on now, we can cast our cares. That's good news. That's the prayer of commitment, committing to him. There's a prayer of worship. There's a prayer of worship where we worship before the Lord. Acts 13, it says that they ministered to the Lord. They were all together and they were ministering to the Lord and when they were doing that, they got direction. They got wisdom, they got insight prayer of worship. I'm getting to the last two because I want to spend the most time on the last two. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. All these things, they're good. They're good. Prayer of agreement. And we've seen this in Matthew uh, 18. Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then in verse 19, Matthew 18, verse 19, he says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that, that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. That's the prayer of agreement. So you might be going through something where you prayed the prayer of faith. Lord, this is what your word said. I'm believing you. I'm trusting you. It'll be done according to your word, just like you said. But it's not wrong to then go to another believer. Come on, somebody with some faith themselves, amen, and say, listen, this is what I'm believing for. Will you pray the prayer of agreement with me, right? We're not asking for it again. We're just agreeing with our brother or with our sister. Yes, it will be done according to God's word for his glory for you. The prayer of agreement's powerful. It's powerful. Amen? But you can't pray the prayer of agreement for somebody that hasn't made the request. Right? You gotta find out what this, if I'm gonna agree with you, I gotta know what we're agreeing about. True? So you don't wanna just blab all your business to everybody. You gotta go to specific people that you can trust that have a zipper on their mouth, right? So you gotta be careful about that. But you want, you want believers agreeing with you. You do. Is that true? Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14. Paul said, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. We can pray in the Spirit. Amen? There's two ways to do this. Praying in the Spirit. We can pray with our natural language. Praying in the Spirit, meaning we can be in a moment of prayer where we are praying things out, our head is not coming up with. The Spirit of God is releasing himself, much like the gift of prophecy or uh, a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge from the gifts of the Spirit where you, you get information that you didn't have before by the Spirit and you pray some things out, okay? These come from times in the, when you're praying where it's um, focused and intense. This isn't a casual, um, you know, I'm, I'm bouncing my checkbook prayer, right? I'm driving down the road. This is when you're praying in the Spirit in your known tongue, and you're hearing what you're saying, this is praying in the Spirit. The Lord is 
releasing something inside of you to pray out. And then there's also something called praying in tongues, praying in other tongues, praying in the Spirit, where you're praying in an unknown tongue. And that's a gift of the Spirit of God for the whole church that came in the book of Acts, chapter 2, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 19, where they were filled with the Spirit of God and they spoke in other tongues. And they can, you could pray in the Spirit and not understand what you're saying in the natural, but you are praying the perfect will of God for a situation. It's the gift of God for us. This is another form of prayer. Amen? The seventh one is united prayer. Praying together, meaning it's also a prayer of agreement, but it's when we get together, like on Tuesday nights when we pray together as a, as a church. We pray for the church. We pray for you guys. We pray for the community. We pray for our government. We pray for the will of God to be known. We pray for the Holy Spirit to saturate this place, to fill our kids to the full, amen, for the youth to just rise up and fulfill their calling in their lives. We pray things out. And when you're united in prayer, things change. There's something about united corporate prayer. It's a powerful moment. And, and we see this when um, they came together to their own company, their own companions. They came together, they prayed together. And uh, when they heard this, they raised their voice with one accord. Come on, remember when they got, the guys got beat and they came to their own company and they prayed and they told them and they raised their voice with one accord. United prayer. There's something about united prayer, amen? So the, the most common types of prayer that we're using in our day and age is a prayer of supplication and a prayer of intercession. I know those are big churchy words, right? But we're gonna break it down a little bit so we understand what they are. Can we do that for just a couple minutes? This'll help you because it'll help us get to a place where we're effective in our prayer, amen? So supplication, I got a picture of, of uh, supplication. Let's see if it, it, is it somewhere? No, no picture, do you have that? Oh, can you find it? Because then we'll get it. Chris will get it. All right, so supplication comes out of Philippians 4, again, so turn with me over there. Philippians chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. You guys doing okay? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. This is one we quoted already, but it's, it falls into the supplication thing too. It's both. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Supplication. So <clears throat> in Ephesians 6, verse 18, he says to pray with all kinds of prayer and supplication. When we're, when we're praying in supplication, it's, in a, it's a fervent, intense type of prayer. This isn't haphazard. Supplication, when we're praying it with a prayer of supplication, is not... Uh, flippant or on the side, like, Lord, bless this food and thank you for a great day. Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay God. That's not a supplication prayer, okay? Supplication is something that you have uh, prepared for and gone after. Something where you take some time to get before the Lord quiet, on your knees, if you have to. Just, just that, whole, that whole visual right there is, I'm, I'm intense, I'm in prayer. Now, I don't recommend you pray between two railroad tracks, that, I mean, that's a great visual. That's probably a bad idea. But the whole, the whole idea of, you know, I'm unaware of my surroundings because I'm with the Father is this intensity of this supplication where, <coughs> excuse me, you are, you are coming before the Lord with, with a petition, with a request. You are coming before him to present something that's on your heart and on your mind because you want to bring it to him with, with gratitude, right, and some fervency, 
Supplication just has this depth of, okay, Lord, this is, this is you and me, and I'm prepared. I know what the word says. I'm coming before you, and you're gonna make a petition. We can supplicate for and pray for other believers and other people to make requests on their behalf to help them. Supplication, it's intense. There's times when we need to do this, when we need to set aside time and say, I'm gonna take this, this time, this 10 minutes, this 15 minutes, I'm gonna get before the Lord and I'm gonna worship him and I'm gonna praise him and I'm gonna bring this request. You think about that. That just brings honor to the Lord because he, he does want us to believe his word. He does want us to have relationship him, with him while we're talking and fellowshipping throughout our day. But there are times when we're serious, right? You think of having a, an intense time with your spouse or somebody that you love, right, very much and you're just... There's this, this intensity where you're just talking and you're communicating and you're connecting, right? God wants that too. He wants fellowship with us, not just haphazard visits and conversation, but some real life, real communication. My wife's got the type of personality where she doesn't, she's not real good. She was telling you this, so I'm not telling her because she's not here. She would tell you this. She's not really good at the chit chat and the surface level talk she doesn't she that to her that does not ring her bell she likes one-on-one real conversation about real stuff so i have to take time out right as her husband to sit down and focus and put the phone away right and and listen and have conversation because that fills her tank husbands wives right when you're in a relationship you gotta take time to fill each other's tank. What do they need? What do they respond to? True? Our Heavenly Father wants to spend time with us and fellowship and communicate. And we can do, we can have intense times where we are really receiving from Him and hearing from Him and talking to Him. Supplication falls into that. And this isn't something we do all day, every day, but we do take the time to do it, amen? Okay, you guys doing Okay. Jesus told us to supplicate and ask for labors to be sent into the harvest in Matthew chapter nine. That means there are people that need to hear Jesus and they need people around them that know Jesus to tell them about Jesus. Because you can't be everywhere all at once, can you? You figured that out yet? Yeah, me neither. So you gotta pray that your rascal relatives that are on the other side of the country or maybe the other side of the world that need to hear about Jesus, we, we supplicate and pray for them that the Lord would send laborers across their path. Because I'm telling you, nobody's gonna reject Jesus if they see him for who he is. Nobody does that. Come on now. People that see what he did and what is actually on the other side of this life, we're like, yeah, let's do that. True? And they need to hear it from somebody, amen? Because it's not always gonna be you. But you can pray for the laborers. He told us to. That's part of supplication. James chapter five, verse 16. That's that verse where we supplicate. Earnest, heartfelt, continued. Uh, Colossians 4 says, praying for the spiritual needs of others, laboring fervently in our prayers for the spiritual needs of others, praying for other people, laboring fervently for them. You can pray for other people, their spiritual needs. You know, that most people just need to know who they are in Christ is one of the biggest things people need to know. Man, that they, they have an identity that is wrapped up in who Jesus is. Man, that's like, you figure that out, you're like, come on, I don't have any problems. Thank you, Lord. We can supplicate for those things. Now, intercession looks a little bit different. Intercession, um, 
looks just like it's a little bit different than the, the guy kneeling between the railroad tracks uh, praying with intensity. Did you see that one? He's got it. This one's a little more intense, right? You're actually, bri- in intercession, you're bridging a gap. You're bridging a gap for someone or, you know, some situation where they don't really know what's coming, but you're laying down in place. Amen? I mean, you don't have to wear the suit either, but I mean, you're just, you're just in there saying, Lord, they need to get to you and they don't see the, they don't see the cliff. I'm going to stand in the gap for them. Now, we saw this in the Old Testament. We've talked about this where, where Abraham, you know, talked to the Lord and said, are you going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? What about if there's 50 or 45 or 40 righteous, all the way down to 10? He was trying to stand in the gap. There wasn't even 10 righteous there. God said, I'm not going to withhold this from, from my man Abraham. I'm going to tell him what's about to happen. And, and the Bible says in uh, Ezekiel that God was looking. Well, let's, let's, let's read it. God is looking for somebody to stand in the gap. Ezekiel 33. Oh, no, that's not it. Ezekiel uh, 22. Ezekiel 22. Do we have that one? So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. God is like looking for somebody to stand in the gap. Intercession is where we step in and we say, Lord, I know your will is for them to be saved. I know your will is for them to find you and to know you. I'm going to stand in the gap, and I'm going to pursue you, Lord, that they will see clearly that you are their king, that you are the Lord. Come on, we can stand in the gap. We can intercede on the behalf of others. And we're called to. Because Ezekiel 33 says, God says, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked but that the wicked would turn away, turn, turn from his way and live. See, we get this picture of God like he's playing Xbox somehow, right? And he's like, die, die, I got you, sucker. <laughs> and he's playing this game like he gets happy out of this, taking care of the evil, because there's wicked in the earth. Vile, wicked things that are happening. True? And we just think God's just out to just judge the wicked and knock them clean off their shorts and just wipe them out. And that just somehow, he's happy with that. The Bible says he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He's not up there just waiting to smash people. Like, who's got next? Abraham? David? You want to take me on? Jesus? He's not up there playing video games, goofing around. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He's trying to get the life to them. He said he's not willing that any should perish, even the worst of the worst of the worst. He's not willing that any of them perish and go to hell. That's not what he wants. But we have choices. True? So he is constantly looking for somebody that will stand in the gap. Come on, we can pray for people that they would see that Jesus is Lord. We can pray for people that they will have an understanding that he is good and he is not their problem. We can stand in the gap for people. Amen? We're called to do it because there is an enemy. There is an enemy that wants people to die and go to hell. But we can intercede. Amen? Thank you, Lord. In Micah, he says, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity? Micah chapter 7. 
and he passes over the transgression of the remnants of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. Our God delights in mercy and he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. No pleasure in the death of the wicked. Even when I heard that our country had taken out the mastermind of 9-11, Osama bin Laden, you know? Come on now, wicked, evil. God didn't have any pleasure in his death. He's not willing that any should perish. That's a tough one to swallow, isn't it? Well, we got to do it. we got to have a heart like the Lord. Ted Bundy was probably one of the most evil documented human beings we've had in our country in a long time. I don't remember how many, 25 or so people that he murdered. And evil. Death penalty. But when he got into prison... <laughs> He found, came back to, because he was raised in a semi-Christian home, he came back to the Lord, gave his heart to the Lord, gave his testimony to James Dobson. It's, you can find it, you can YouTube it and find it. And he just explains how uh, it was small little bits of pornography that turned into larger bits to larger bits that just turned into just evil. He t- tells his testimony. Thank God he got saved, because otherwise he'd spend eternity in hell. First Timothy 2. You guys okay? Almost there. First Timothy 2. Jesus is our intercessor. Thank the Lord for that. He is good to us. First Timothy 2.5. It says this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Thank you, Lord. He's the mediator. Hebrews 9, verse 24, he says, For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself now appear in the presence of God for us. And Romans 8, 34 says this, Who who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. This is a picture of what we are to do for others. Jesus makes intercession for us. He makes intercession for those that are heirs of salvation. That means the stuff that the enemy's dogging you about, about your past, he can't dog you about that anymore. You can let that go because Jesus' blood covered it all. He makes intercession for us. When we come to the Father to praise, to worship, to just be in his presence, to lift up our petitions to him, the Bible says we can enter in to the Holy of Holies. The reason is, is because Jesus became the bridge. He became the the, the gap meter. He is our intercessor and he forever is interceding, interceding on our behalf for us before the Father. Come on, that's good news. That means whatever you have done, whatever your past is, Jesus completely washed it away as if it never happened. And when the enemy tries to accuse you before the Father, Jesus says, hold on now. My blood took care of that. That's no longer, that's no longer an issue. It's gone. And you can come in clean before him. You know, we sing a song where it says, you tore the veil, you made a way. And that veil was a two foot thick veil in the, holy, in the Holy of Holies. It separated the temple that God established between the Holy of Holies, where God, his presence resided. And nobody could go in behind there, except once a year, the priest who had to be 
spotless. He had to make sure that he had done all the purification rituals correctly, that he had, was not in sin in any way, shape, or form, would go into the Holy of Holies to make, to make a, a sacrifice for the people for the whole year. And it was only him. And they even tied a rope around him just in case he didn't make it so they could drag his body out because nobody could go in after it. But Jesus, when he died, the Bible says that that veil in the temple on the day when he, when he died, when the ground shook and he gave up his last breath, God tore that two foot thick veil made up of fabric and leather. And I mean, it's, come on now, two feet. This isn't a phone book, right? Ripped in half. He, he separated, he tore down that middle wall of separation that kept us from him because Jesus was the bridge. He's the intercessor. He's our advocate. We can come before the Father, whole and clean and pure. And then he's asked us, be intercessors for me. Bridge the gap for others so that they can see me and come to me to intercede. Amen? We can bridge the gap. We can intercede. We can hold off what would be judgment, not from the Lord, but judgment coming on people because of their sins. You know the wages of sin is death? The wages of sin is death. God's not bringing the death. It's a consequence of sin. But we can help people. We can intercede so that that stayed, just like they did in the Old Testament. It stayed off so they have more time to repent, more time to see Jesus. Amen? We're called to do it. It's part of our, it's part of our calling. Second Chronicles 16.9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord move here and there throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who are wholehearted toward him. That's the complete Jewish Bible. To show himself strong on behalf of those who are wholehearted toward him. Come on now, he's just looking for people. Looking for us to just be wholehearted toward him. Just understand who we are and just pray and see God move. And he wants to move on our behalf. But he's not gonna just do it because he wants to. He's gonna do it because we'll agree with him. We'll step into that place that he's asked us to step into and see God move in our lives. Amen? Next week, we're going to talk about prayer that I think is probably one of the most significant uh, forms of prayer that we have as believers in the church today. And uh, it's, it's overlooked by many, but I believe it's super important for us as a church, for us as a community, what God has for us. And so I'm going to spend some time in that. And if you want to know what that is, you'll have to come next week. So God is good. Amen? Can I pray for you?